Hey folks, welcome back to the No Huddle Show podcast. We are reworked and revamped under a new format that we've been going through the last three weeks. Uh, I'm your host, Mike K, Eagles beat reporter for NJ.com. I'm joined by my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's a beautiful day. Sun is shining. Getting to see a little football going. It's perfect. It's definitely a perfect time to Perfect time to talk Eagles, perfect time around this time of year, too. So I'm excited. It's fun times. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. We just got back from the third padded practice of Eagles training camp. It was a nice day out there. I I got some sun. You know, that was nice. Uh, I finally decided to not wear a hat and benefited from it, even though I think I have mask lines from wearing a mask uh, throughout practice. Um And that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about right off the bat. You know, um, the Eagles are doing a terrific job with their protocols as far as COVID to let you know what we kind of go through uh, as beat writers going in every day to training camp practice. You know, we get a a text survey the, the, the morning right before practice. We have to fill that out. Then we come in. Um, we've got to do a temperature check. Uh, and wear specific masks that they give us. Um, you know, they're the medical masks that you see around, but they're a little bit nicer because they're not particularly tight on your face, which I can appreciate. They breathe well. It's working out pretty well. We're social distancing when we're watching practice. They have markers for the distance, which is great. Um, you know, and Chris doesn't have to listen to me talk that much because we have so much distance between us, uh, which is a benefit to pretty much every beat writer because I tend to talk a lot uh, or a little. I, I you know, I kind of go through waves with my need to be congenial. So anyway, um, I think they're doing a great job, Chris. Do you feel safe when you go to the facility? I definitely do. And and, and to the point where it seems like we have our own personal get back coach at times. Some A lot of times you see on the sidelines, you have the coach on a team saying, hey, get back so you don't run into the referees. Well, we have our own to ensure that we're actually distanced properly. And it definitely feels good. The good thing is nobody's been coughing or sneezing, which is great. Obviously, everybody's in good health. You feel you get to actually see your temperature when you're going in and getting the check. So it makes you feel reassured that you're not sick, even though we take our own temperature before we actually go to these practices and the surveys to make sure they're take. seems like they have layer upon layer just in case stuff happens to make sure that nobody gets sick and that we don't spread this fire. So I commend the Eagles and the NFL for a job they're doing so far when it comes to trying to protect everybody with uh, from the coronavirus. Well, and, and also it's been positive. No media member has tested positive for COVID. Uh, everybody's off the COVID list on the Eagles roster uh, and seemingly the coaching staff. So, Right now, they're in pretty good shape as far as COVID goes. The problem is, you know, over the last couple of days with the pads coming on, they've had quite a few notable injuries either take place or get announced throughout the week. So I want to toss to you to you guys to an audio uh, clip of Doug Peterson talking about the running back room with Miles Sanders sidelined week to week with a lower body injury. I like, our, I like where our running backs are. Uh, I like where Miles is at. Uh, I like where Boston is at. Um, you know, I like where Corey is at. And then and, and the three young guys, you know, with with uh, Holyfield, with Michael, and, 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 and we even got Adrian Killens now, 
you know, kind of splitting time between a running back and a receiver, and, and just trying to trying to see where he he can fit. Um, but I like I like our running back room. Um, I, I don't have any concerns there with these guys. These guys have uh, they've played in big ball games. I mean, I mean, Corey all the way back to our our, our 2017 our championship season as a rookie and, and playing in big games that year. Miles last year, Boston last year. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged by where they are um, and uh, very optimistic uh, that they, they will have, you know, they will have a good season. So you hear Doug has confidence in his running backs, even with Miles Sanders sideline with a lower body injury for a week to week basis. From what I understand and what I've been told, the injury is not considered to be uh, game threatening, meaning he is on pace to start in week one. He should be fine. He'll just miss a couple of weeks of practice, which, to be honest with you, after not having a, an offseason program and a lot of in-person workouts, I, I, I don't mind that for a running back. I think running playing running back is more instinctual. You don't necessarily need as much technique work through as, as other positions. Um, the problem is, is that... Also, Boston Scott, who's dealing with a lower body injury, missed his second straight practice on Thursday. Um, Two other notable injuries. Defensive tackle Javon Hargrave has been out of practice all week with a pec strain. And then you look at defensive end Derek Barnett, who's out with an ankle sprain. Those are two guys that are set to start on the defensive line. And they might even miss week one the way the reports are kind of coming out. It sounds kind of weary or there's like some faint optimism. Either way, their status is up in the air for week one against Washington. Um, what injury are you most concerned about of those uh, of those three major guys, Sanders, Hargrave, and Barnett? I think the main one for me is the Derek Barnett one. I mean, pass rush is vital, especially the way this defense is built. I think the way that Barnett, the way that Barnett had the possibility of working with Graham, giving him that that straight bullet rush coming from the outside. I think they're going to miss him a lot more than, say, a Hargrave. I think with you have Malik Jackson, uh, I think when you have, if Rush makes a team, I think when you have Fletcher Cox, you definitely have a lot of depth at the defensive tackle spot. Miles Sanders, I think he'll be fine. He'll be fine, I think, when it comes to Boston Scott, they'll be fine. And then we've seen what has done with Corey Clement. He looks fine with as well, too. And the running backs, I'm, I'm not worried about that. But a look at the depth of the defensive end section. I mean, it's a good opportunity for Sharif Miller to show something from the edge. I think, but I think when it comes to Barnett, that that one might hurt if it, if it goes even beyond week one, which everybody's hopeful that he's going to be ready for week one. But if it's something more serious, I think it's, it, it might impact the defense a lot more than some of those other guys. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think they have enough defensive tackle depth with Ridgeway and Jackson and, and Rush and even Raekwon Williams, who's flashed a little bit during camp. Uh, Sanders, like we said, you don't really necessarily have to worry about week one at this point. But Barnett's coming into a make or break season. And this dude sidelined when everybody said that he was coming into camp healthy. It's just another bad break for the Eagles in their 2017 first round pick. Look, Barnett had his fifth-year option picked up in May. The only way he's going to see that is if he's either seriously injured next summer or, you know, he's he's done a really good job and forced an extension that maybe lowers his cap number. Right now, if he's going to be sidelined throughout this training camp period, it's kind of hard to gauge what he's going to look like 
coming up uh, this season. So, um, you know, other injuries to worry about. Cornerback Sidney Jones has a lower body injury as well. Um, he's listed as day to day. Uh, there was one other guy that I'm maybe I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Dallas Goddard also has an upper body injury and he's been listed as day to day. He's missed the last few practices. We'll keep an eye on those two injuries as well. Um, but when we talk about projections for the season, obviously Jalen Rager is a guy that we talk about a lot. Um, because really what he is, is a projection while he's looked great in training camp. You are projecting what he can accomplish in the NFL once the pads come on, once the lights are bright and everything like that. So I want to toss to Aaron Moorhead talking about his relationship with Jalen Rager. Oh, he's doing doing really well. You know, he's we're 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 learning the playbook right now over the course of the last couple of months and getting getting a chance to run through it the last few weeks. So uh, it's 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 been really good. He's he's you know he's a powerful guy. He's fast. He's got good hands and and you know we're 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 doing stuff on air. This is what it's supposed to look like. So you know to kind of say what things he needs to work on hard. We haven't gone against the defense yet. So um, but he's doing a really good job of, of picking up the offense, learning and and you know so far so good. With Jalen. So talking about Jalen Rager, he's obviously been one of the standouts of training camp. I I thought it'd be fun for each of us to come up with three guys that we think have really stood out throughout the first, you know, four practices of training camp. Um, I've been at all four sessions. You were there for for three of them. Uh, Who are the, who are the, um, who are the, like the, the three guys that stood out to you and why? Well, I'll, I'll go with uh, Rager, Rager's uh, counterpart, rookie counterpart, uh, John Hightower. I mean, when we were watching practice today, he, he's come a long way since that first practice. At first, when I had a little bit of doubts when it came to, like he was thinking too much when he was out there, when it came to what route he had to go, what spot he had to be, how much spacing he had to go. Today, he looked, it was night and day how well he looked. He he took on Darius Slay twice, not just once, but twice, the team's top quarter, and while he considered to be a top 10 cornerback in this league, and he shook him off. He shook him off like it was nothing. He, he ran crisp, precise routes, and he's catching the ball with his hands, which is something that I think is very important to see, when, especially because of rookies. How many times do we see guys trying to bring the ball into their body and bounces off? He, he's catching them clean with his hands. And he displayed some speed too, some straight line speed, which was great to see going up on, on the seam. I think Hightower is a good one. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, I think there's there was a lot of hype coming around here, especially being a Clemson safety where everybody knows about we have guys like Brian Dawkins talking highly of you. I think Kayvon Wallace so far during this camp has proven that he may have some, he he's proving living up to some of that hype as well. He's been around the ball a lot. He's making some great decisions when it comes to and he's showing some great instincts as well too. When it comes to flying up, reading, reading, when it comes to reading the run plays, and he's also helping support when it comes to the pass plays. You see, he's making the right pass offs when it comes to going to the corners, and he's communicating very well with his counterpart. So I think Kayvon Wallace is doing a good job. Now, as for a vet, I'm I'm liking Will Parks. I really am liking Will Parks. I think that when you see him when he goes to this big safety, I think he's another guy who's been around the ball. It seems like every time he goes, every time there's a ball throw, oh, there's Will Parks on the other side. He's opposite side. He's He's. I think when you look at what he brings and the versatility he brings to that defensive backfield, I think that he he was definitely looks like he's going to be a good signing. And if he keeps playing the way he, he's doing right now, he's going to be able to get that big contract next year with that one year deal. So I think those three guys are 
there, there's some other standouts that are good, but I think those are the three guys who have really, really, truly stood out to cap so far. I mean, who do you think has stood out? Well, I mean, as I mentioned with Rager, I think he's clearly been one of the standouts. He looks good returning the football. He's had a couple of muffs, but when he has the ball in his hands, the dude's a playmaker. He's been getting open, you know, with regularity throughout camp. But I actually want to talk about three other guys. So Quez Watkins, you know, the other, the third uh, draft pick wide receiver, um, he, he looked really good early in camp. I didn't really notice him today as much but I was only really focusing on Jalen Hurts, so that was kind of why. But um, he's been effective, a lot more effective than I thought he'd be. Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman, the Eagles starting nickel corner, he's just been lights out in one-on-one drills. He's looked good in team drills. Um, he has at least four pass breakups in the last four practices. So uh, he's a guy that I've been intrigued by. And then I want to bring up Casey Tuhill, the seventh round pick. He has done really well in one-on-one pass rushing drills uh, against offensive linemen. He absolutely wrecked Jordan Maylotta uh, a couple of days ago. And then, you know, I, I've been watching him in in uh, in team drills, and it just looks like he gets up field so quickly. He's got a really good burst and, and a really good motor. And I, I think he's got a really good shot of potentially, you know, you bring up, you know, a guy like Sharif Miller, uh, I think Two Hill's got a really good shock of knocking him off this roster if he plays as well as he does as he has throughout the rest of camp. I think he's practicing really well, and I think the Eagles should feel pretty good about the seventh round pick heading into the uh, you know home stretch of training camp. Now, talking about Melada, he's a guy that I don't really have a clear understanding of what he brings to this team, if he deserves to be on this team. Um, I know a lot of people are huge fans of his, but at some point you need to kind of weigh development versus experience. And, you know, this is a season where you really have to have guys that you can count on. Melada has only played in like five preseason games his entire football life. He's never played in a meaningful game. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Eagles do because, you know, they just drafted Prince Teguanagu, who's been impressing a lot of people. They have guys like they've drafted Jack Driscoll. They love Nate Herbig. Uh, Matt Pryor is going to make this team. You know, it, Casey Tucker's getting a lot of reps. There are a lot of guys on that offensive line, especially from a depth perspective and a youth perspective, that are showing something. And Maylotta, to me, while Doug Peterson praised the mental side of the game for him, I'm just not seeing him being inserted into the lineup at will. Here's what Doug Peterson had to say about Jordan Melata on Thursday. Yeah, you know, with Jordan, um, obviously he, he's, he's had some setbacks physically with the injuries, you know, over his career. Um, but but he's, he's, you know, as we mentioned, I, I go back a, a year ago when, in, in, when every day was kind of a new day for him and then, and then having an offseason and getting into camp this year and, and and now being out there with the guys, he, he the retention of information uh, is is obviously there. Uh, you see it. His athleticism. He's a big man. Uh, the way he moves. Um, you know, and, and, and we got to understand. I mean, football is is still relatively new for him. And and uh, you know, as as we take him, you know, uh, maybe a touch slower. At the same time, going into that third year. You know, he has to understand that it's 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 kind of go time, you know, and and uh, with any of those players, I would say in that in that third, fourth year. Um, and, and, and it's really I, I go back to my days, you know, 
playing quarterback and, and being in a system for two, three, four years. It's about this time where where you start separating yourself, right? You start making a move and, and understanding your your role and understanding the game and um, and that's where he's at and, and so we got we got a little bit of time here uh, to see with him uh, and make make decisions obviously moving forward but uh, have been encouraged with uh, with his progress so far. So you know clearly Doug's not ready to give up on Jordan Melada nor should he they've got a couple of more weeks to kind of assess what he brings to the table. Personally I think you can get him through waivers into the practice squad. I know people are intrigued by his potential, but the guy's been injured almost every other second of his career. And, you know, he really hasn't played that much. Uh, You know, he's a great story, but as of right now, the Eagles don't need a great story. They need a great offensive line depth chart. And I think he's one of those guys that I'm really concerned about. Another guy that I'm concerned about, I just wrote about him, uh, you know, last week and we were talking him up, Sidney Jones. Uh, another lower body injury, you know, we talked about him being out with Ronnie Braxton and doing uh, all these warmups and everything. And he had the prototypical like, you know, guy's going to make good on his career moment this offseason. But if you're on the sideline, you're not available. And I don't know how you make this team when you have, you know, guys like Doug Peterson bringing up somebody like Michael Jaquette in press conferences and saying he's standing out as a cornerback. So. So to me, Sidney Jones and Jordan Maylotta are two mainstays that I think could be in trouble as we enter the home stretch of training camp. Who, who are two guys for you? Well, remember when we had that conversation last week about uh, which cornerback we would rather have, and I chose Rasul Douglas? Well, uh, I, I may be uh, eating my words pretty much pretty soon because looking at him in the one-on-ones today when they were going in uh, individuals and they were going against some of those uh, speedy receivers – he was having a little trouble. Uh, I believe it was, uh, I want to say it was Quez Watkins was giving him a little, uh, he sped, sped right past him in Hightower, actually, and I saw him once. He go ahead and uh, he shook him pretty badly, too. And especially going in with all these cornerbacks coming in, when you have Slay and you got Parks, well, even pretty well Parks of safety, but you have all, they're interchangeable. When you start looking at all these additional defensive backs they have, Rasul Douglas, right now, he'd probably be the first, he'd be the, one of the last guys cut. He's on the outside looking in. And like you said, when it came to guys like J- Jones, I still think Jones is going to make the team when it comes to there. And when it comes to Jaquette, Jaquette's had a great camp. And you start adding these guys up, you start looking like, all right, one-on-one. If you compare Jaquette and you compare Douglas, the way they look so far this year, I'm going with Jaquette. And is getting tougher and tougher right now. And even when it comes to uh, when it comes to putting Sidney Jones versus Douglas right now, even Jones hasn't been on the field. I'm still going to err on the side of caution. It doesn't help that it doesn't help Douglas that Jones was a second round pick too. So I think he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be there. The second one, it's going to it's a weird thing for me, and it's not it's so much a veteran. It's not that the person is not going to make the team, but I think it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey. I think when by the time he comes back, I think he may be he may be on the pup list for three weeks. Hopefully he's not, but hopefully he's activated. But if he's not and he does have to wait those eight weeks and you have an offense that's continually going the way in this and all the different options when you have Ertz, when you have a Goddard, when you have Rager potentially, you have Jack, Deshaun Jackson as well too, and you're coming in, especially off of Liz Frank, it takes a little time, you know, getting back to 
getting back to when it comes to planning and getting some timing, getting used to Wentz and getting used to his balls and everything else that he throws, he's the guy I'm worried about. I know everybody's saying he's done a he, he's been a lot better. He's he's been out there. He's been interacting with everybody else. But I think a lot of things. I'm really worried about him coming back off of that injury. I mean, I hope he proves me wrong, but he, he he's somebody. I'm, I'm uh, I just have some question marks when it comes to when he returns back to the field. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it's completely fine to, to feel that way. I think when you look at, you know, how banged up he's been the past few years and how, you know, inconsistent he's been, I, I think, you know, Jeffrey's a guy that you, you kind of, you know, you have optimism, but it's very cautious optimism. And I think, uh, you know, a guy that we saw play well today is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And I thought, you know, if he if the light comes on for him, he said it's night and day from his rookie year, at least from what he understands with the offense. If he's able to to really craft out a role that could force the Eagles to kind of put him in front of Alshon at times, because, you know, you got to protect the future as well as the present roster. And I think, you know, if Alshon's not going to be here next year, you've got to kind of put a priority on developing some guys and giving guys time to shine. So, um you know, speaking of giving young guys time to shine, I want to toss to, you know, we brought it up a couple of times with Jack Kett, but, but Doug Peterson was asked about the young standouts so far this offseason and, and in training camp, and he offered up quite a few names uh, as standouts. So here, here's Doug Peterson talking about the young standouts on the roster. Yeah, I, I think there's really several guys. I mean, we've, we've talked about Jalen just a little bit. Um, you know, Quez Watkins is another one that, uh, you know, we has, has stood out as a receiver. Uh, John Hightower, these guys are, they're improving every single day. Um, uh, Jacquet, you know, as a corner, has, has done done some really, really nice things for us. Um, I think about uh, um, even some of our young linemen. I, I think of Jack Driscoll, you know, off the top of my head, who's, who's really come in and we've put him in positions to uh Go against uh, Brandon Graham. Go against Vinnie Curry, Josh Sweat. Some of our, you know, our starting DNs and, and done, a, done a nice job there. And you know, so that I mean, there, there's there's a handful of guys there that uh, you know we've we've been excited about. And, and again, it's it's a, there's a fine line, there's a balance between getting our starters prepared, uh, as you guys have seen, you know, in the first couple of days here, with also evaluating some of these young players. And and uh, we got to make sure that we're we're doing. Doing right by both groups. So, you know, he brings up Driscoll, he brings up Hightower, he brings up Quez Watkins, obviously he brings up Jaquette, which is to me is the uh the eye opener of the group. Um I I I've noticed him. I, I wouldn't say I think he's had as great of a camp as maybe advertised, but he has looked good. I mean, he's also running with the third string defense. So um, you know, Graylin Arnold got a ton of hype coming in. Uh, he's made a few plays, but Jaquette maybe is the dark horse of dark horses. Um, and speaking of dark horses, I wanted us to do our, our you know, our sleeper special of the week. Uh, who's the guy you got? I've been looking at the offensive line a lot and trying to see and trying to see, like, who could be that depth guy that sticks around two or three years, three years to develop and can really contribute if it needs be. And, the one guy who's really actually impressed me, Julian Good Julian Good Jones. You know, big guard, six five, six five, three thirteen, and he, he's big. And the one thing I really like about him, he, he's nasty when it comes to the run game. And as much as they run inside zone at times, he 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 definitely goes ahead and he uses that body. He's been a bully so far at times. So 
uh, what's it? I think it was Monday's practice. He he displayed that. Uh, he displayed his run, his base. He had a good base, and he was able to drive guys, defensive tackles down, wash them down, and he was doing really good. He's improving when it comes to his pass blocking. He's definitely gotten better. Uh, looked at him today. He looked decent on that too. I think you have Driscoll that you have the guys that are versatile. You have Driscoll that can do. You have Matt Pryor on the inside. It, it's going to be a tough task. I he may. I think he may make the team. I mean, it's going to be tough between him and Sue Operetta, Opetta, but I, I think there's a good chance he might actually make the team. Well, that would be a surprise, but I, I, I mean, you know, maybe uh, you seem to be a lot more optimistic about some of these bottom of the roster guys than I am. Uh, speaking of bottom of the roster guys, Adrian Killens to me is a very interesting player. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about how they're using Killens as a running back and a wide receiver, trying to kind of get the most out of him. He's got kind of a Darren Sproles like vibe to him. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's a good returner. He's got blazing speed. I remember speaking to his uh, position coach at UCF earlier this offseason, just talked about how natural of an athlete and a runner he is. Um, he's a guy that if they want to kind of, you know, if they feel like at wide receiver, they want to keep six and they only want to keep four running backs and you want to make sure that you're negotiating the numbers properly as far as depth chart goes, he could be a guy that kind of sneaks onto the roster because he is so intriguing from a speed standpoint. You've got Darren Sproles in practices, certainly helping guys out, especially somebody like Adrian Killens, who can line up in the slot, who can line up outside and just be a burner, who can do a lot of things with the football and is dangerous with the football in his hands. And, you know, when, you, when you're looking at those last three spots on the roster, you want to take flyers on guys who have high potential and can eventually really be key contributors. And I think that he's he has an intriguing set of traits that you can develop over time. Um, I've been impressed by him thus far. Uh, they seem to be getting him involved a lot on offense. Obviously, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott being out kind of gives him some more time to kind of you know, wet his beak when it comes to figuring out the speed of the game. Mike Warren's getting a lot of playing time, too. Uh, so is Elijah Holyfield. But I just think Adrian Killens is such an interesting and intriguing guy uh, that he could be the dude that sneaks onto the roster. Um, so, you know, as we say that, I know it's a bit of a shorter show, but uh, what are your final thoughts from this week? What do you got to say? What what articles should people check out that you've been working on? Uh, what's going on, Chris? Well, I'll, I'll say two things. One, I'll, I'll start with uh, on the field related. Uh, I'm actually really, really excited about what can be ha- what can happen in this kick return game. I mean, there's so many uh, options that the Eagles have they can look at when it comes to getting good field position. Because, I mean, how many times when, when's the last guy you really, truly felt that, hey, you know what? This person is back there standing around the goal line, he can actually take it to the house. And we're watching practice and you see Rager, you see Hightower, you see Killens even back there going ahead and taking taking the kickoffs and running back and getting practice. And I'm just sitting there looking like, wow, you know what? There, there's some possibilities they can break a, break a couple of touchdowns or at least at least one this year, or at least put, their, put, put the team, the offense in some good field position. So when it comes to field, there's that. Um, if you guys have a chance, uh, if you could please read the story, I had a chance to talk to uh, talk to the mother of a child who's down in Baton Rouge who got a back who had a backpack and he wanted to name it after uh, Jalen Hurts. And the cool thing was Jalen Hurts got 
wind of it and then actually uh, emulated the the same book bag and the of a six-year-old, which the fact that he went to go ahead and walk around like an overhead complex with a book bag just like a six-year-old is, is, is awesome in itself. So if you guys have a chance, go ahead and check it out, read it on NJ.com. And that's all I got for this week. I mean, what do you have, Mike? Well, I, you know, I have a backpack too, okay? And it's very nice. <laughs> and I walk around like a five-year-old. Um, anyway, speaking of Jalen Hurts, uh, I tracked him through, as I brought up earlier in the show, I tracked him throughout Thursday's practice literally minute for minute, just just focusing on him. I felt like a weirdo just staring at this guy for an hour and a half. But uh, I wrote a story, just kind of what he went through on a day of practice. Uh, it looks like he's attached to the hip to Marty Morningwig, who's now the Eagles senior offensive consultant. He was obviously the offensive coordinator dur- during most of the Andy Reid era. He's worked with mobile quarterbacks like Michael Vick and Don McNabb and Lamar Jackson during his career. So it makes sense why you would want to have a guy like that around Jalen Hurts constantly. Um, you know, from an off the field perspective, well, actually, let's keep it still on the field. Uh, I don't have any warm and fuzzy stories coming up, but like Chris does. But uh, Friday, it's supposed to be a live scrimmage tackling. It'll be very, very fun to watch. The Eagles are doing a great thing off the field. Uh, but also on the field, uh, they're going to have specially crafted jerseys that guys are going to wear for the Friday practice. Then they're going to those players are going to sign them and they're going to then auction them off to benefit the Eagles Autism Foundation. Obviously, uh, the Eagles Autism Challenge. Uh, the race that it, that got canceled in May, that's unfortunate, but now the Eagles can try to raise money uh, for this wonderful foundation uh, over the next couple of weeks with these practice jerseys. They've done something similar with military uh, charities in the past where guys have uh, worn special jerseys for flight night and they've auctioned them off. Um, I just think it's pretty cool. Um and, you know, I hope you check those out. You can go to, I believe it's eaglesautismchallenge.com to kind of learn some more about those jerseys in the auction. But, uh, you know, we're excited about Friday's live scrimmage. The Eagles will be out of practice on Saturday. They'll finally have a day off. And then they'll probably work from, I think it's Sunday through Thursday next week. And then they'll go from there. But those those practices next week, most of them will be padded as well. Um, and as we've padded the time on this podcast this week, we just want to thank you guys all for listening. We want to thank you for all the positive reviews that I'm seeing. We got a bunch of them this weekend, uh, praising the format. So if you can, uh, if you're if you download on iTunes or you download on Spreaker or wh- wherever you download your podcast, we are available. If you could leave us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. Welcome, Chris, to the fold. I think we've had a great three weeks. uh, And we will see you next Thursday, unless there's something major that pops up, which would be kind of cool, you know, as training camp kind of winds down. Howie Roseman loves making training camp trades. We'll see how that goes. Chris, thanks for joining me. And thank you guys at home for joining us. We'll see you soon.